Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. One thing we've found, even with the residential, and definitely repeated itself here, is you either need something that's been on the market for a while, that's kind of stagnant, or you need something that's just fresh on. Hello, welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor podcast, and I'm joined today with Chris and Andrew from Brightstone Property. Hi, guys. Hello. Good morning, Jenny. Thank you for coming through to see us. Thank you for having us. We are going to talk today about a couple of different projects, the shops and uppers, and then the CMO project you're working on right now. But before we get into that, it'd probably be just as well we cover a little bit of ground about who you guys are, how long you've been involved in property, and the one I'm interested in particular is just how you actually ended up working together in property, right? Mm. So who wants to kick off? Yeah, I'll kick off with that one, I mm-hmm. suppose. So we have been involved in property for three years. Yep. We've been, or just over three years. We've been um, friends for a lot longer than that, so probably 12, 13 mm-hmm. years kind of friendship going back. Um, and probably don't think we ever imagined we'd be working together or going into business together back kind of 10 years ago. But during the pandemic, I think a lot of people's um, opinions changed. We thought differently and we decided actually, could we make something work together? Um, I'd certainly been interested in property for some time. Yep. I'd just remortgaged my house um, in, what was it, kind of December or January uh, of 2020, <laughs> uh, wanting to invest in property. And then, and then everything slowed down and I thought, right, let's keep that money in my pocket. Let's not do anything with that just now. I, and that's then when we, we started kind of talking to I was going to, to say, Andrew. was that independent? You already started that thought process independently? or I had started that thought process yeah. independently. Yep. And, well, basically, uh, obviously, as the pa- pandemic came along, I had my cafe business and it was forced to close down and had a lot more time on our hands. And probably I had built up some savings um, and... Definitely had the opportunity to think, right, what are we going to do with this? Chris was obviously very keen on property, had been keen for quite a while. And I think um, sort of chatting, we, it's funny looking back now, but our first sort of interaction was on a, a well-known um, discovery call with a, a well-known property uh, education yep. person. And, you know, we were very keen uh, to get going, but we decided, or I proposed, we could probably do it together because I think realistically, we, you know, definitely stronger together in terms of the funds wise yep. um, to get going. Um, so, and that's where it started. And it's funny, I always remember one of the notes that we always look back at, you know, we, we had a, a note of the evening and Chris was like, we'll take the evening to have a think. Uh, but I think I already knew that I, I was very keen to do it. So it was just, Chris needed to have a think, and sure enough, he came back, and the rest is history. So. It's funny though, isn't it? Because you guys are talking like, oh, I can just remember in that vague memory of mine that three years ago. It's mm-hmm. such a short time. 
And obviously with the pandemic going on, that was a, a pretty um, tumultuous time with all sorts mm. of things happening in the property market. And of course, where we are locally, and, and it's the same story throughout most of the UK, certainly, property prices continued in a direction people hadn't anticipated. Mm. They kept going up. So how did you navigate that time? I mean, you're in, you've got no baggage, right? We're just starting. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did you feel as you were entering it and getting going? I think the, the reality is that was our introduction to property. So mm -hmm. it probably felt normal for us. That, that's, that's all we knew. We didn't know it before. So going into that, yeah, looking back and with our experience and talking mm -hmm. to people now, yes. You realise, yeah, but it was a really difficult time to, to mm. get started and there was a lot of uncertainty, but for us, we were going into something new anyway, so there was uncertainty there regardless yes. because it was new to us. Um, I think we we decided from the beginning, let, let's start with a flip. Mm. We'll do a flip to begin with, see if we can make the partnership work, see if we can work together, see if we can actually make property work independently. Yep. And you had um, an exit there. That's it. To, to make a decision exactly. after that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we done a flip and I think absolutely helped by the way the market went mm -hmm. um, and the finish and the, the structural changes we done to that property. We made a really good profit in that first mm -hmm. flip. Um, and I think we thought, yeah, this property stuff is easy. Let's, <laughs> yeah. not, let's continue. It. Gambler's yeah. curse. First time worked out. That's it. Every absolutely. other one's going to be brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I think definitely an element of, uh, you know, luck. I think it was pretty much the first one, the first house that we viewed properly. Um, and there was a queue out the door for it. Um, and we managed to have a chat with someone who was very helpful uh, and managed to secure it. And, and I think you kind of, the lesson there is you, you make your own luck by taking some action. Um, and yeah, it, it, it worked out, out for us. And then next steps were, whilst we were completing this flip, Chris, Chris's mind definitely turned towards the education space and, you know, how do we... You know, we probably need some help with this mm -hmm. and whilst I was probably initially skeptical I had never paid for any sort of professional training and things um Chris definitely convinced me and we obviously built a good relationship with Dan Green and uh, you know he did we sort of joined his um sort of six months initially and then we went on and had uh, in a sort of mastermind and things thereafter and it was very beneficial in terms of giving you accountability because we then went on to buy buy to lets one, two, three, and four yep. in a six month period. And for us, that felt like success um, within quite a short period of time. It was a short period of time. Yeah, so it's Darren and Jillian who've both been on the podcast. Yes, Great. absolutely. Um, shout out to them. So when you moved on to the buy to let, so now you're going for keeping. Mm -hmm. Right, so you did a few of those, but also an SA came in there somewhere, did it not? A, a little bit later on, I think. So yeah, yeah. We, we decided to start with the, the buy-to-lets yeah. and our, our plan always was, and it still is to a large element, mm -hmm. make, generate profits from flips and put them into the buy-to-lets. Mm -hmm. Still doing the kind of refine, uh, refurbishing and refinancing mm -hmm. in the buy-to-lets, but mm -hmm. probably aim was to leave maybe 10K in each of the buy-to-lets. Um, and I think, yeah, through the support of kind of Dan and the mastermind in the community, that's where we were able to really scale quite reasonably quickly. I mean, for within six months, it, 
it's um, certainly allowed us, gave us a confidence to continue yep. to go. And then I think we probably thought, you know what, this is taking a lot of time, a lot of effort, and yep. the cash flow at the end of the day is, isn't started off kind of first one was maybe. 300 or over 300 yeah. pounds yeah. by the time with the interest rate changes we were refinancing the last one a couple of one bed flats there may be cash flow and not even 200 quid maybe 150 pounds yeah. a month and it yeah, just it felt good. like a lot of money a lot of effort and a lot of time and when we look back everything we're doing split 50 50 it goes mm -hmm. into the business so when we yeah. look back at our goals we thought it's going to take a long time to, to get that. It needs letters, a lot of yeah. traction. And I think there's some people that are doing it fantastically well in residential space. You look at Sam and Stephen, they're really obviously getting portfolios and a lot of traction over yep. many years and gone big in residential. But we thought, do you know what? There needs to be another way to, to do this, still in on property, but let's maybe explore what commercial property looks like. And we would kind of involve SA in, in that as well. Yep. Um, and I think that's probably when we joined your mastermind on 2021? No, I think... 2022? 22. 22, 22. 22. <laughs> um, And I think, yeah, so we'd sort of completed the buy-to-lets. We were obviously reviewing our goals and it became quite clear that, you know, there needed to be something else. And I think your podcast probably came up and we started, to, we'd maybe attended events uh, and heard from you. And whilst initially commercial does feel completely different in you know it feels less safe and more yeah. um uh, less clear less transparent um we were we decided that in order to hit our goals and go where we wanted to go we were definitely going to have to pivot and again you know spurred on by you know people that we were surrounding ourselves with Darren and Jill had not long bought um their their CMO in Irvine, and that definitely felt, you know, positive and motivating for us. And we obviously joined your uh, mastermind in 22. Yeah. Um, and then you find a project. But then, yes. How many frogs did you have to kiss before you got to that first project? So I think we'd probably been looking since August 22. So yeah. realistically, only maybe three months we were definitely looking for a CMO. We wanted uh, something with multiple um, offices. And so we had actually looked at this project and dismissed it um, because it did not fit the criteria. Uh, and it was kind of over Christmas, I think, that Chris had another look at it. Um, you'd been talking to a member of the network who was doing Shops and Tops and you kind of revisited the numbers again, didn't you? Yeah, I think that's it. I think it comes down to network again. So mm. we were very um, tunnel vision in our approach to looking at commercial. It was CMO, and we looked at multiple different sites that could have been a, a commercial multiple yeah. occupancy. Well, we, we, we talked about a few, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we talked about a few. We'd popped in offers in, in quite a few as well, yeah. around about the kind of Glasgow, kind of Lanarkshire area, around where we live, and we just weren't getting anywhere with it. And I think that's probably what caused us to look at this deal a bit differently. We'd heard someone in the CPI network that had been doing some shops and uppers and doing some good things with it. And that's when I thought, right, well, let's revisit this this um, shop and two flats <laughs> in, in Irvine that uh, doesn't look like what we want to do. I think actually it was coming back from one of the SPP events that you were talking 
at that I went home and I said, right, let's have a proper research at this. So mm. probably 11 o'clock at night, going through the numbers, going through <laughs> the detail, looking at it slightly differently than before, which is, could this work as serviced accommodation? So to backtrack a little bit, we had also been looking at a couple of potential service accommodation sites. Yep. Um, ones that could be slight, slightly bigger service accommodation, not quite a part hotel, but certainly multiple units within one mm -hmm. area. Um, so we had the SA in our mind, we had commercial in our mind, and this kind of just brought yep. them both together in, in one package. Um, not at all what we were looking for, but running the numbers, the cash flow looked good and that, that was our goal. Our goal is mm -hmm. to build up cash flow. Yep. We saw commercial as a quicker way to do that than residential and it certainly ticked that box. It also felt quite comfortable in that there was two flats in a yep. shop so it was more residential mm -hmm. than commercial. There was still that comfort element of there's a kitchen and there's a toilet and there's a couple of bedrooms in there. It, it feels closer to resi than, than it maybe does commercial and the shop well we'll deal with that one when we need to that's that, that's the bit well we the shop was tenanted of course wasn't well, it we that's thought the thing we, so we, we thought we can yeah we we'll, we'll come on to that right <laughs> so this this property you'd seen before it was listed with someone mm -hmm. uh, yes yeah. so it was on auction it was with auction house scotland okay. mm -hmm. um we like to tell people that we bought it pre-auction I think the reality is we bought it post many auctions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so post yeah. many failed auctions. <laughs> it had been kicking yeah, yeah. about for a few years and we've yeah. actually spoke to a few investors and people in our network mm -hmm. that have had looked at this yes. project yeah. previously mm -hmm. and, and dismissed it or the price point wasn't right. So yeah. it, it's interesting how, how things come around, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But yeah, got this from pre-auction from Auction House Scotland. <laughs> so should we talk a little bit about the numbers? Yes, mm -hmm. we most certainly yes. can. Well, one of the things that's interesting about um, the numbers is it started life um, with DM Hall looking for 220 for it, right. offers over 220. Um, but by the time it came around to us, we, we managed to pick it up for 125. So again, a wee bit of negotiation, I think, from us, but not a huge amount, uh, because actually when we were running our numbers, it worked. Um, so long as the SA side of, of the deal worked, it was going to work for us. Um, and yeah, it was one, two, five, we picked it up for. The reason it hadn't sold was because of the extensive rot and damp, uh, obviously in the top two floors. And also, I think it's fair to say in the uh, ground floor as well, uh, rising damp. So I think people had just felt, mm, this is a bit much. And, um, but we were very fortunate in our relationship with Chris's dad. Uh, that is, that is what he does. <laughs> um, and so we knew that if anyone was going to get a good deal in a sense, it was going to be us, yeah. uh, in terms of the cost. To Did it end up being a lot of work or not? Yeah, it was. Definitely was yes. a lot of work. So I think refurb wise, I think we came in about the 60,000. Okay. Um, the raw and damp, Again, because my dad, that's what he specialises in, it was really easy to get him out to the viewing as well, yeah. to have a look and, and really understand. And we had a, well, this is probably what the worst case is going to be for this. It ended up being at the worst case. We, we were hopeful we might have saved some money and it would have been better, but it ended up to be the worst case. But that's fine because we had that in, in our numbers. Yeah. Um, the rest of the, the refurb for the flats was totally, yeah, everything ripped out and starting afresh because we went for a nice... Yeah, high end fin yeah, finish we did. on it. Uh -huh. It was really like a nice. flip a flip standard yeah. finish yeah. on both the flats. 
And some people, I think, were, you know, a bit sceptical about whether that was the right thing to do on Irvine High Street because sometimes, you know, you look around and there are buildings that aren't get, getting taken care of. Um, but it was a grade C listed. And it, it, we felt it had potential. Um, and so we obviously secured it and managed to get it through the auction. We were given eight weeks, um, but we did not complete in eight <laughs> weeks. Uh, so I think that was definitely a lesson for us is that things can move slowly yeah. in the commercial sphere. And we did manage to get it in 10 weeks. We didn't lose our deposit. We didn't lose uh, anything like that. And yeah, I think then straight into the refurbs, um, obviously, you know, it kind of rolled around that month one uh, payment, you know, we're ready for rent from the shop. The, the, the tenant that was there had been communicating with us on and off, more off than on. Yes. And um, the person knew that the, the rent was due and it did not come. So we then went obviously straight into the process of, right, what next, what next? How do we get this moving along? And I think that is one of the things that's really good is that it was a relatively pain-free process for us um, and I think generally if someone's business has failed for example they don't exactly want to, to hang around mm -hmm. um, and whereas if you know when it's someone's home it is a completely different kettle of fish so um, that process was was quite easy and allowed us to get in and do more in the way of the damp and repairs. Absolutely um, and I think that that was certainly the the first kind of um, bump in the road for us because we did think mm. we've got this shop tenanted we don't need to worry about that it'll until pay for the bridge the yes. it'll pay for the bridge mm. it'll help us along um, and I think in reality towards completion this was an auction purchase so we, we had to purchase it anyway mm. we'd agreed to um, towards completion I think we realised things weren't going to be as smooth mm -hmm. with that because of the communication issues yeah a bit, a bit elusive yes. did you end yeah. up um, fireproofing between the shop and the upper servers that already no so the conversion was already done. So this building used to be one commercial building. Um, when we purchased it, it was one purchase, but it was three separate titles with the residential already being completed. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was no need for building one or uh, fireproofing. There was the option to go up into the third floor. So we've got mm -hmm. ground floor first and second. So yes. the first and second are two two bed flats. There is uh, an attic that we found that mm -hmm. actually used to be uh, part of the office it has full-size doors light switches it's, it's quite spooky actually to go <laughs> to go up there as if you're walking into a, a, something from the past but there was the option of converting that and getting another one bed flat upstairs with that because of the new fire regulations with building control mm. we would have had to have I believe an L2 system, sprinklers, additional fireproofing it, it would have cost a lot more to yep. do than what the flat would okay. have been worth at the end. So didn't end up going for building want. So that was really positive for us that we didn't actually have to do do any work to the to the ground floor or additional okay. fireproofing because it hadn't so been done originally. Sorry. So let's we'll come back to the flats and, and pivoting towards SA in a second. But just to mm. finish off on the retail element. So you're going through the process, this this customer's giving you some signals and especially pre buying, giving mm. you signals of well, yeah, they might be staying etc but then the reality hits right so eventually they're out you get keys um you've managed to re-let that maybe you could just quickly talk us through that mm -hmm. i think one of the pieces of due diligence if it were that we did before um we bought the places just 
having a wander around and actually Irvine High Street was relatively well tenanted. Um, there were no other shops to let. Um, the way this shop was formatted, it was also below the business rates um, in Scotland. So we knew that there was a good chance we were, we were going to be able to relet this if the tenant didn't work out. Um, and that has proven to be the case. It's easy now looking back, you're like, oh, <laughs> yes, we got it tenanted, no problem. Um, but it, it was a bit of a slow process. And realistically, we've owned the building for coming on sort of 10, 10 months now. And that is it just finally worked its way through. But yeah, we managed to um, get it let uh, through an agent with a, a quality a quality um, care company. And, you know, they've got a good covenant. They've got a number of offices throughout the UK and we got the rent that we expected for it. Um, so really chuffed. Higher or uh, lower than it was with the previous? The same. Same. The same. Okay, the so same. works fine on your numbers. That's what you'd based on. What was the length of time they were supposed to be in? Is that another two years yeah, to run, I think? Two... I think we only it, had another year It was until, only about another yeah, 12 yeah, months they had. Let me ask you a question. Have you heard of SAS pensions? They're a fantastic tool for business owners to wrap a commercial property up in a tax-free bubble. SAS can work particularly well with the CMO strategy to generate money both inside and outside of your pension. It goes without saying, I'm not a SAS expert, but let me introduce you to someone that is. Bryn Walker has been advising on SAS pensions for many years and has been a long-term supporter of the CPI network. SAS and commercial property work incredibly well together, but there are many nuances and Bryn will make sure you don't stray from the right path. Look in the show notes for the partner link and book up a SAS discovery call with Bryn. So now you've got five. On, five on years, yeah. Yep. With a tenant on a much better covenant as yes. well. And, yeah. and I think, as Andrew was talking about the due diligence, we also had a couple of options with the shop, I suppose. So one of them was we would do a Linda Martin, which is we mm. kit it out and we let it out by yeah. the chair and almost yes. have a mini CMO in there. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a plan C or plan D, but th- there was there was definitely an option there. Okay. Um, but this, yeah, three months since it went on market to get to get let yeah. out. Have, have you had it revalued since having that tenant moving? We're in the process. So obviously we want to do the whole refurb and then move forward. Um, so yeah, we're in the process yeah. basically okay. in the next month. I imagine that, that change in circumstances there with just the ground floor will have made yeah. a significant impact. Yeah, yeah I think between the, the ground floor and the two flats will, will significantly increase yeah. the, the okay. value. So going so, through the refinance process just now for that. Cool. Right. So on the flats, you mentioned previously that retail, not retail, sorry, um, residential buy to let was the thing you were trying to move away from, mm. but you then bought two flats, right? Mm. So, because <laughs> it eased you into commercial. Yes. <laughs> However, you did pivot and you've put SA in. And I think, is that really the way you did your numbers originally? Maybe residential might have been plan B. Yeah, I think our numbers originally were SA or sell the two flats if we couldn't get an SA right. license. Yes. Sell the two flats and have a shop for just about free or yes. maybe leaving a little bit of money in and having a, a, a shop. Okay, there, so basically. let's briefly touch on the SA then. How's that going? Yep, so they've been up for two months and we're talk- we're sitting here in December. So they've been up October, November. They've averaged 60, high 60s uh, Good. occupancy. In- uh, our In sort autumn, of yeah. building manager reckons it will it will be sort of the eighties nineties during the summer. So over the year, we'll be over seventy percent, um, which is really good. We only did our numbers on sixty, and we're, 
the good thing as well is he's getting a, a good nightly rate for it. Um, they are done to a really good Instagrammable standard. Um, and just to sort of bring us back around to the numbers uh, that we were talking about, we're looking to get probably about 750 cash flow from each flat, um, which when you compare it with, as we were saying earlier on, probably talking about 200 um, from a, a regular buy-to-let. Uh, so 1,500 from the two flats. We're then probably going to cash flow about 500, uh, well, between five and 600 um, for the shop. So we're talking about 2,200 basically is the number we've got um, in terms of cash flow, which is equivalent to almost probably like 10 buy-to-lets. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And so definitely feels, and then again, talking about that refinance piece, um, once we've got our money back out, it'll be about a 60% ROI uh, on the money that's left in. So our money will be back out in about just under two years. Nice. What do you think the ROI will be on money put in, as in the full thing? We don't work out ROI. I know you do. I, don't. I, I, saw, know you I don't. saw your smiles. <laughs> about ROI we there. don't. No, I'm not <laughs> sure. What's the true number? <laughs> that is so, the true number. <laughs> I, yeah, reality is don't have that yeah, no figure worries. to hand. But I mean, I know we're probably all in for 200. Yeah. So, so for, 24 grand. So, I don't know, 12, 12, 13, yeah, 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 12, okay. 13%. Yeah, okay. okay. Good. All right. So, I mean, obviously the thing on Resi is your refinance is a different setup, right? Than yes. it would necessarily be with the commercial. So we need to bear that in mind. Right. Okay. So whilst that one's going on, you're still looking, mm -hmm. right? You're doing the number one thing, which is keep looking, keep looking, keep looking. Yeah. And there's still that thing about CMO. Mm -hmm. And we looked at a few, talked about a few. Mm -hmm. And then your current project loomed onto the horizon. So let's let's move on to that. Mm -hmm. How did you find out about this building? Maybe we should actually just quickly give a summary of what it is or what it was, and then we'll talk through the, the, the different steps to where we are right now. So what was it? It was an office. So it was a large um, 7,000 square foot owner-occupier currently mm -hmm. uh, in the centre of Falkirk. Yep. And Andrew, um, having a business in Falkirk already, was, was able to kind of find and source that one for us. Yeah, I think, as you say, it's action, you know, just continually being in the swim. And we had been looking realistically at that point for about eight or nine months for a CMO. There had been a few where we'd offered, been unsuccessful, couldn't make the numbers work. Um, and then this one came along and I think we were just ready. Um, you know, I sort of cut our teeth probably earlier on in the year in terms of experience on what to ask. We'd continued with your, um, obviously with the mastermind, so we knew more in terms of how to approach these things. And so when I um, sort of went to view it, I was, I was ready to ask the right questions and move quickly. Um, so it was only on for about three or four weeks. And, um, you know, I think it was fair to say the agent um, wasn't expecting a big queue out the door yep. <laughs> um, yep. for it. It, it was in um, very dated state. Um, hadn't had any money spent on it in a long time, and but very well located in my opinion in the town centre of Falkirk. I obviously have my other business in Falkirk, and I you know I really liked the location and I felt 
just walking around it. Sometimes you just know uh, if you want something. And yeah, we, we managed to secure it. It was, you know, a couple of weeks to secure it, you know, the back and forth yes. negotiation. Um, the, and the, the last minute um, viewer who had a very similar offer to us. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, it's all these games that you need to yep. play, but you just need to get through it. And so chuffed that we did. And um, it was all quite quick. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a relatively quick process. Yeah, it was. Like you say, it hadn't been on the market for ages, which is no. one of the things you kind of look for, or I look for. Mm -hmm. It was just on, relatively yeah. speaking. It's been one or two people looking at it, and you managed to get to negotiations. It wasn't a fixed price. You managed mm -hmm. to negotiate on the price mm -hmm. and get it done pretty quick. Yeah. Interestingly, though, you'd looked at lots of others. Mm -hmm. So would it be fair to say that by going through all the others, you knew much more what you were looking at on this one. Absolutely. To, to be Absolutely. able to reduce that time frame of, you know, is this a good deal, is this a bad deal? Absolutely, exactly. yeah. I think we'd done numerous sets of numbers. We had made numerous offers. We'd spoke to agents at different um, viewings to get an indication of their thoughts and processes. I think, yeah, it probably was relatively quick in commercial terms, even to get the deal done at yep. the end. It probably was all quite, quite quick. It uh, never feels like that at the time. No, but, it doesn't. Um, I think one thing we've found, even with the residential, and definitely repeated itself here, is you either need something that's been on the market for a while, that's kind of stagnant, or you need something that's just fresh on, and yeah. you act quick on it. Mm. And, and that's exactly what, what Andrew was able to do here. We mm. acted quick as soon as that came on the market. And I think that's why um, so the, the early bird catches the worm, isn't it? We were able yep. to get a, what we think is a good deal for that building. Brilliant. So they've, they've moved out. You've yep. got the building... And it's, like you say, relatively, un they've been living in it, working in it, mm -hmm. right? But relatively untouched for, for, for a number of years. And it's two stories. Mm -hmm. So it is roughly half and a half, isn't it? Three and a half. Ground floor's a little bit. It's yeah. a lot bigger, yeah, yeah. Um, and your strategy at the moment is, let's get the re ground floor done, refurbed, cleaned up, get some units visible so people can come and start doing viewings. Where, what stage you at in that process? And part, part of the reason I wanted to go through this detail was just that I thought with this project, if we put down like an anchor right now in the sand of, of in time of where this project is, we can maybe revisit in a few months' time, a year's time, whatever, to see how how it's progressed. But and I know that just speaking with you in the last few weeks, there's been multiple things where like, oh, I didn't know that, I didn't know that. <laughs> Little Absolutely. things that you've picked up as you're going along. Yeah. We'll maybe touch on that in a second, but back to the actual refit. Your, your strategy is ground floor first? Yes, so probably into two phases we've got this. So phase one is the ground floor. Um, very fortunate the ground floor that it was already partitioned off into kind of smaller offices. That's how this the previous occupier was using it. So as you walk around, as much as it's dated, it has the partitions already for individual offices and looks like yeah. what a business centre or a flex space um, offering could be. So I, I always say it's a light touch refurb, but it feels a lot more than a light touch <laughs> refurb downstairs, but quick lick of paint and a new carpet. Um, we are um, quite well into the, to the refurb. So we've got yeah. all the electrics done on the ground floor and um, minus a couple of snags. We've got um, some flooring down, decorators in and working away on that. And we're just working through some of the tasks that we've probably not came up against before, which is the air conditioning, getting that serviced and making sure it's working. The fire panel, getting that up and running. The door entry system, the CCTV, all these things and costs and things we've never dealt with before um, is, is what we're kind of chewing through just now. And we're in a position that we'll have three show offices 
ready for probably the end of this week, maybe beginning of next week when we get the furniture into them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will enable us to take pictures and get it properly marketed and, and show people through what the office will look like. And we will have the ground floor finished by middle of January um, and available to welcome clients um, in from then. Have you had any... I think you should put signage up, right? Mm-hmm. It's not listed with an agent though, is it? Not yet. So we've got a relationship ready to go. Yeah. Um, Again, as I was saying to you before we, we started here, I think it feels like having these showrooms for us psychologically is the thing holding things back. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the, 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 the thing which will unleash a thousand actions. Um, and so once we've got these ready, we'll be able to get it with the agent and he can create his pack. We'll be able to get it uploaded to the online portals. We'll be able to send it to the, relation, the people who we've got relationships with who might be able to start um, to, you know, get the drumbeat going. Um, But I think this is probably the biggest part of the project, actually, is filling it. (laughs) You know, it's sales and it is, I think I keep saying uh, to people that I'm talking to, this has been like starting a new business. Um, It is because there's sales, there's marketing, there's the refurb, um, you know, there's a lot of relationships we're having to build, lots of you know, hundreds of new things, but, you know, wouldn't change that at all. Um, and I think, yeah, I think you were also going to ask about, um, have we had any nibbles? That's <laughs> exactly any, where any, I was going. Yeah. Have you yeah. had any inquiries? So the, the short answer is not really. Um, however, we have started walking around some key gatekeepers and things who have actually sent us a couple of people that they know, um, are interested in looking for space and I walked around with one of them uh, last week and went well um, so we will wait and see um, whether that comes to anything but I am I am confident that walking around these are going to look good um, and we are both you know we were there this morning and it is really coming together and I think it's just a case of getting the word out there really and doing a good job of selling that to be honest yep. that is going to be the the sort of key to bursting the dam and getting inquiries and um, because there's no doubt it, it's starting to look good so um it's just a case of getting as many people around the building as we can i think and i think andrew's definitely underselling them a little bit there i think he's done a lot of work <laughs> with the local people in the community that already knows and and i would definitely say i've had a nibble with that the, the mm. person that andrew's shown yeah. around already um there's definitely some really good indications might not end up taking space it might not work mm. but yeah we've definitely got some good indicators that mm. we're doing the right thing the spaces will, will work for people part of the due diligence we've done from the offset was we looked at the local market and the mm-hmm, business yep. centres that are already there and there's maybe three or four yep. around the local area and they're all full I think out of them all mm-hmm. there was one room available in one of the centres outside of town mm-hmm. so I think there's definitely demand there that we can fill speaking to some local agents they're confident we've got demand to fill mm-hmm. um, I, I, yeah, I think again definitely a psychological thing to get these offices sure. show offices ready mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll, we'll see it'll be, it'll be great to come back and revisit you know, yeah. and, and see how that, that goes. <laughs> in terms of the local competition, have you managed to, to work out some USBs for your own location in the building? As opposed to, well, now there's four. <laughs> um, have you managed to think, well, actually, we're a bit different because of the size of the spaces we've got, the parking, 
the location? What sort of USPs are you trying to focus in on? Yeah, I think we'll be really centrally located mm-hmm. in Falkirk. Um, will be a decent size. It's 7,000 square foot, so it's not a mammoth. It's not too big. They'll still be able to get that community feel yep. in the place with what we'll have 31 offices, 31 businesses, um, and 10 fixed desks that we'll be able to have in there. Mm-hmm. We've also got, not our parking, but massive council car park right outside as well. Outdoor, yeah, so yeah. I think in terms of connectivity into our building, mm-hmm. it's, it's on the edge of the business improvement district, Definitely. so it's very central, mm-hmm. but easier to commute in and out yep. to the motorway yep. um, and I think that's probably what will set us apart being central but not back to the refurb and things that you've maybe learned and obviously when you're going into these things you might learn a little bit about I don't know fire systems or security mm. whatever but actually until you're in the trench <laughs> facing a fire system right it's all theory but now you've got all these different multiple things going on what what are some of the things that you have been surprised that you've had to learn or some of the more interesting things that have come up because this is a departure, obviously clear, big departure from Resi? Yeah, I think some of the biggest learnings are just that everything seems to cost just that <laughs> little bit more. Just another yeah. zero. Just yeah, add, add an extra zero or two, I think, <laughs> yes. is that. Um, and there is, there's some of that that's, that's shocked us initially, but then you work it back and you go, okay, well, it's the space you're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, 7,000 square foot, it. isn't yeah. it, right? Yeah, Thir- 30 exactly. offices, exactly, so it's yeah, thir- everything's yeah. 30 times. 30 so. times, yeah. So there's definitely been some things that you go, okay, that, that was naivety. Yeah, that we, we know flooring should have cost more than that. that. That's fine. We've came to peace with that. And then the, there is some other nuances like the, the fire system where it's... Um, it's something you've never dealt with before, I suppose. You mm. don't, you don't know, and, and it's what, what's the difference between a, an eight grand system and a fifteen grand system? What, what's that going to do? The same <laughs> as CCTV. What's the difference between the five hundred pound system and the four grand system? Yeah. And and it's those learnings of we don't want to, we don't want to spend money unnecessarily, but actually there's some things you need to get the right quality, pay for something once rather than having to revisit time and time again. And we'll still probably learn some of these lessons over the next few months and, and years, but I think that's, for me, been the biggest eye-opener that, that actually you, you just need to get comfortable with the bigger numbers. And I think, mm-hmm. although it might shock at first, when you plug it into the Excel and see where it goes, mm-hmm. it, it, it works. It, it is, we, we've got it in the overall budget. It still works for, for our ROI. Um, <laughs> And yeah, we just need to adapt, I think, with, with what, what that costing looks like. Yeah, and I think it's, again, these are challenges we want to have, I think, is ultimately the thing for me. Um, the only way you grow is by learning, um, and some of them are real lessons, but I think it's great because it means that we're doing something new and we can take that knowledge on into future projects. I think, again, I'm always looking to push at the edges, I think, in terms of to continue to keep growing. But I think you've got to do it in a way that you're not risking the house. You know, you're not risking um, the entire business. So I think, again, you know, we do have plans in place when we do projects like this in terms of having contingency budgets, but also continuing to surround ourselves by people who have got knowledge um, in the in in the arena to make sure we're not going to fall over uh, as we grow. But so far... So good, um, and yeah, no, it's yeah. and I think to Andrew's point earlier about starting a new business, 
this definitely is a new business venture mm -hmm. to us. And I think with all our projects historically, this bit that we're doing, we have done okay. This is bigger and slightly different, but we've done the refurb, we've done the trades, we, we, we've done all the negotiating the sale. What we've not done is probably the next bit that's coming, which is the sales and marketing. Because usually what we do is we hand the keys over to an yep. agent to go and deal mm -hmm. with that for us, even with the And you ASAs. could, you could in commercial, but... We mm. But we're not going to hit our goals or... or You're not going to hit the, the, yep. at the speed and the pace, no. the pace that you want to. I'm, I'm very excited to get going with it, to be honest, because I think I feel in other businesses that I've either worked in or owned, um, you know, there is a... You just need to get it right. And once you find what's working, you just absolutely go all guns blazing for it and double down. Um, and so I'm confident, like, come January, once we've got these rooms ready, it'll hopefully yeah. move quite it's quickly. Great, it's great you're talking about this stuff because often, especially if you're a property person, you've I find you, you're fixating on the build, the fit-out, the refurb and everything else. And the sales bits in the back of your mind, but I'll deal with that when it's finished. But actually, it's so important to get that whole process started in tandem because you you want you don't want to have a full bit, uh, sorry an empty building that's fully refurbed sitting there on day yeah. one. You want it to be pre-let, don't you? So you've got to go through that, and that activity. Comes back to what Andrew said right at the beginning when we decided to go into business and partnership together. Is we're better together than what we mm. would be apart because Definitely. while I'm able to focus on the refurb and the builds. Andrew's able to focus on the networking and the sales Great. and marketing. Well, I mean, stop yeah. looking at my notes, but I, I want to come on to the uh, working together yeah. bit, right? But just to finish off on that project, because we did miss something out, which is the finance. Mm -hmm. So um, how did you manage to procure the building? Where, where did the money come from? What was your process there? So initially when we offered on the building, we had already had conversations around a bridge. Yeah. Um, so we kind of knew we were good to go with that. Um, obviously, the way interest rates and things have gone, that was bordering on eye-watering for us uh, in terms of the cost. We were still, it still worked and we were, you know, that was our plan was to go ahead with that. We obviously had um, funds coming out of a flip, um, which was quite successful in Clarkston. And so we knew that we were going to marry those up and yep. that would fund it. Um, however, you know, opportunity came along um, with people in our network. Uh, we were talking at a, a, an event one night and wrapping up on the Irvin project and showed a slide around the future and said that we were looking for funding. And we were very lucky that um, a couple reached out and uh, said they were interested in being part of it. And took it from there. We had a Zoom call, built a relationship with them, um, obviously prepared a, a pack um, for the project. And hopefully we're able to sell them not only on the project, but on ourselves and where we mm -hmm. were going and um, managed to secure um, from their SaaS uh, the 70%. They took the, the place of the, the bridge um, at a better rate. Um, that worked for them, still giving you know them a good return on their SaaS, but yep. also was much more sensible for us. Yeah, fantastic. Great. I think that's the, the power of network again. Yep. So being able to discuss this project, we were looking for angel funding to do the refurb, mm -hmm. and obviously when they reached out, they had a, they had more appetite to, to lend, so to able to place that bridge. Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely where we see our future is is actually the power of SaaS. We're going. Th 
need to look at start going through the process to set up a SaaS for ourselves. But we were able to speak at the SaaS Scotland event. Stephen Gallagher invited mm. us along to that. We actually hosted that in, in the building yep. in Falkirk, in the building site. <laughs> and I think where we see the trajectory and the way going forward is actually working with uh, individuals with SaaS pensions that are mm. looking to deploy sums and we can give them a really good return, something that is secured against a commercial asset. So it ticks the box from the, the SaaS trustees point of view and allows us to expand um, the growth of Brightstone Spaces. Uh, and have the investors taken an active interest, as in like to know updates, want to have a look at the site, to try and learn through the process or actually just happy that they're supporting, they're going to get a return and they're seeing a project being developed? I think a, a bit of both. I think they're happy that they're supporting someone within the, the network that, mm. that they're in. So it's through the Prosperity Network that we're part of. So they're happy to support that. Um, they are active investors themselves and do want to explore what ZMO and, and what commercial looks like. Um, they, we've kind of taken the initiative to give them a, yes. an update. So we've given them an update a month yep. in and we'll continue to do that. Yep. And they're very happy and responsive with that. I think they, they like the fact that they're getting that update and that insight. Yep. And the invitation is they know is welcome for them to come and visit the site. Mm -hmm. They're slightly further away, so they're, they're down south. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I'm sure they will visit the site, but it, it certainly won't be a, a regular. Okay, great. And just back to the site for a second, just to finish that off, the plan is not to have a person on site. This yeah. is, you're trying to go more for tech to allow um, individuals yep. to get their own access, da, 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 da. So you've done your numbers without that, that person. Um, how far are you away from... The location, Andrew? Well, my cafe business, yes, is, business. Is, is about a three-minute walk. Yeah. But I'm not there all the time. Sure, sure. But but you've got... If, if there's a crisis, yes. mm -hmm. there is some... I've got relationships that, and people that, that, that I can... That can mm -hmm. Yeah. And have you thought about... Um, had you looked at putting a person in this one or you thought, actually, on this particular project, because the numbers are whatever reason, we're not going to? What's your, what's your thinking around yeah, that? Yeah, I think you always talk about the sweet spot being about the 10,000 square foot yeah. to get a person in there. I think with the numbers and the projections that we've got, it probably could sustain mm -hmm. someone if, if it needed to, but I'm or we're quite confident that we'll be able to have an unmanned operation yes. that mm -hmm. is actually works seamlessly through technology. Yeah. With us still, I mean, we, we will still be there probably most days anyway, mm -hmm. Um Certainly initially. Uh, certainly initially until until it's yeah. up and running. So yeah, I think we're pretty confident with the use of technology. The the size that it is, the area and everything, I think it should work on un unmanned. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean it's just setting that expectation, isn't it, from the start for yep. customers coming in that it is or it isn't manned and just providing the the solution to some or some of the workarounds to, you know, like uh, how does somebody do a viewing? What happens if you've got meeting rooms, these sorts of things which tech can help you with. Yes, and I think that's one of the things after talking through with yourself and other people in the network, we've thought actually we probably won't monetize a meeting room in, mm -hmm. in the place, for example, because I think we had great ideas of having a big room that we could monetize as a meeting room and a seminar or, or moving yep. it around. But actually that does require someone and that would end up being one of us to go up and yeah. if someone's Just got a four-person meeting in the morning, then the a seminar in the afternoon, yeah. it's, it's needing someone there. So yeah, it's definitely shaped what we're going to do with the building, not, not having a person there. Um, and it will adapt as time moves on, yep. I suppose. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a really exciting project. I mean, I, I, I've looked around it a couple of times, I mm. think, now, and I just think that the speed that you're progressing with is pretty fantastic. <laughs> and once you've got some of those units ready for people to come in, you've just got to get, 
just got to get them in, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I think you'll let it pretty quickly. It's it's a, there's some lots of great um, aspects. The location, as you say, is fantastic, especially with the parking and rails. But the building itself is quite quirky, and there's different elements to it, which means you could let out slightly larger spaces or adapt to something slightly smaller. And you know, it, it's a really good project. So I'm I'm really pleased for you guys. You. Okay, so I wanted to just go back to the brief mention of working together, right? Because mm -hmm. there'll be some people listening thinking, oh yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about having a business partner, or they may have one. Yeah. And I just wanted to maybe talk through how have you, have you had any conflicts? Um, has there been any challenges or, you know, what, what's the secret sauce here? People seem to either love or hate partnerships. Mm -hmm. yeah, they either want to alter themselves or they want, they want to, to split it. And I think for us, we stood outside our first flip and I said, we're definitely stronger together because neither of us would have got to that stage. Um, I would, you know, um, yeah, our personality traits would have uh, <laughs> would have prevented that probably. But I think um, together we're actually achieving quite good things. Um, I'm definitely more the um, sales, visual, um, and um, perhaps procuring side, uh, procuring of the, the pro projects, although Chris has done that as well. Uh, it's not, we're not black and white about it, but, and Chris definitely takes on the more difficult bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it goes back to exactly what we're saying. We, we have different personality traits that just mean we're stronger in certain areas than, mm -hmm. than others. And where, yeah, I have sourced and had a look at what, what we, some of the projects we've, we've bought. Um, but Andrew's certainly done more than than on that side. And when it comes to the refurb and the trades and managing that, I've certainly done more on that side. But equally, Andrew's picked up tasks when we're not there. And that's yep. that's what's great about working together, that actually hmm. you've got double the time, although it feels like yeah. it's double very limited well. time. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And I think it's it's very easy sometimes if you've got a task to do and if it's just you that it needs done for, you're going to wake up and you're going to be distracted or have something else to do or I'll get to it next week. But actually, we've been very consistent on a Monday. We always have a Monday evening meeting together for, I mean, we've missed very few of them mm -hmm. over the, the three years. And actually, we know when we're coming to that Monday meeting, if I've not done something that I said I'm going to do, I'm going to do it on Monday morning <laughs> because it needs, it needs done yeah. before we meet up. And I think it's that accountability that we've yeah. got for each other. And that's why we like being part of networks like yeah. when we've done Darren and Jill's mastermind, when we're in your mastermind. It's that accountability yeah. to a wider group of people yep. that, that I think really propels you that forward. Peer, peer stuff, yeah. Okay. Um, so you would say really, it sounds like you've got complementary skills. I mean, was there any areas where actually you both feel this is kind of my area and and you've had to decide you know what you're going to do that I think again it comes down to personality because there probably are areas that we could both do um, and I think one area for us that could be a potential source of uh, challenge is around admin and things I think neither of us has that organised <laughs> gene yeah. where we will sit down and methodically uh, plan everything we you know so I think um, you can hire someone for that, right? Exactly. Wow, exactly. Yes. So I think first hire. <laughs> yes. Uh, I know. I'm always saying I want an executive assistant. That's our first hire. <laughs> Somebody can actually tidy up after you. Yeah. But yes, basically, we'll make the mess, and someone can tidy it up. But equally, I think um, you know we are able to kind of work through it together. And um, I think back to the personality point, 
we're both easy going enough that we don't it doesn't yep. become a, a relationship damaging yep. thing um, i think we, we both know why why we're getting into this we've got yeah. we're wanting to build up legacy to build up wealth and to mm -hmm. build up time and actually this is very important and we're both working mm -hmm. to create this business particularly brightstone spaces this new business venture but we've got families and lives outside mm -hmm. and actually because we're friends first mm -hmm. We're both sometimes maybe too accommodating in each mm. other. It comes back to that accountability. It's all oh, well, yeah. We know you've had a, a busy week, but that—that's we're, we're we're friends first, and we know that yeah. actually, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, yeah, we're going to accommodate what's outside of life, which is more important than than business. Yeah, interestingly, you've come at it from from that point of view of knowing each other for a good number of years beforehand, rather than meeting a networking event mm. and, and and jumping in. Yeah, I mean, there's plus and minuses for both, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably important actually just to say you both have other things that you do out with this. You've mm -hmm. mentioned already about your own business, Andrew, right? Yeah. And Chris, you're, are you working? Still full working full-time, yeah. yes. I do compliance uh, full-time. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, that whole thing about accountability, the Monday nights, it's actually, if you don't do that, life could be very much just in the way. I mean, a project like this that we're talking about, there'd be many excuses to take it slow, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and I think we one thing is we you know we love to put pressure on ourselves. We don't necessarily have the luxury of time in terms of you know we've got commitments with SaaS loan etc. Um, and we have to you know move with pace. I think you know it's fair to say like Chris definitely could be uh, excused for not uh, meeting commitments and things because he does have a full time job. He's got. A wife and two children as well so you know very young children so that is big big commitments i don't even have that and so you know i do definitely admire that uh, <laughs> that he can juggle all that uh you know i and, think and still keep yeah. it going i mean probably a shout out to katie who always says she's a single mum as well just now so <laughs> I, I think it's, it's the support from the family and the extended family yes. that help and, uh -huh. and and i think as well when when you're you're coming into a project like this you, you you need to know there's sacrifice that need to be made and we need yep. to make it work. Yeah. And we do definitely um, both make it work together. Great. Okay, that, I'm, I'm pleased we covered that. So you've mentioned there a couple of times about running a business, a new business. So there's sales, there's marketing, there's, we talked there about people, mm -hmm. there's the operations, right, and delivering the product and all these different things. So I'm really looking forward to coming back and discussing that mm -hmm. in a few months' time, right, when we've gone through... Some of those pain points. Yes. So um, looking back on those two projects, somebody who, and just bearing in mind, some of our audience are, are thinking about getting started. Some of them maybe done the first project and they're looking at scaling up. What are some of the things that you've learned during those two, obviously one's up running, one you're going through right now, that you would actually do differently next time? Whether it's finding buildings, purchase, the way you think about stuff, the way you approach projects, anything that you would change deliberately or actually subconsciously you're now thinking slightly differently any thoughts you could share there i think the big thing probably is be open-minded so make sure you know what your goals and what your strategy is what time you've got what input you want to give to that long term but then be, be open-minded to the other opportunities that might be there because had we been a closed book and only yep. wanted to look at One CMOs, strategy. we yep. would never have done the, the shop and top or the mixed-use development, as I think you've called it, <laughs> um, in, in Irvine, because that wouldn't have been on our radar. So without yep. opening our eyes to that, 
we, we would have been in a position where we might have had to see a moan to go, it would have been great, but we would have been losing out on £2,200 a month cash flow yeah. um, from, from that one. So yeah, o opening your eyes um, to, to the opportunity, doing your numbers and your due diligence, and definitely allowing a healthy contingency mm -hmm. of both money and time yep. for, okay. for, for the commercial. I don't think there's anything to be scared of with commercial. I think from the outside in, as Andrew said at the beginning, it's a bit murky and mm -hmm. don't really understand. When you're in it, Still murky and you still don't understand, but there's nothing to be to be scared yep. of. Okay. Yeah. About yourself, Andrew. No, I think I think Chris has kind of covered it. I think um it's for me it's I definitely don't be afraid, I think is the big thing. Um you you won't always know the answers when you get into it, but you'll soon find them out. <laughs> um and it is, it's that slowly, slowly, but equally carefully um making progress um you know don't gamble the house but equally um don't let it hold you back from actually taking action and um, because it could be quite easy to end up sitting a year down the line and you've not done anything yeah um and i think um for us we definitely wanted to make sure we were sitting at the end of this year having secured one and i'm chuffed to say we have so good okay so i i don't want to well i, I do actually <laughs> um, you, 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 you've talked about how much you like accountability and all that sort of stuff. So, so just to um, play with your minds a little bit, with um, no, just between you and you and me, right? Um, what, what's your kind of accountability goals then that you've got set for this project? When are you hoping to get that ground floor finished? What 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 things could you share just with me? Nobody else is listening, right? Just, yes, you know, yes, just that we can maybe revisit in a little so, bit. So, ground floor will be done by mid-January and mm -hmm. welcoming clients. The first floor, a lot depends on the kind of planning and, and building warrant process. Yeah. But we are wanting to be finished the project mm -hmm. by summer. Mm -hmm. So that will be hopefully in, in the spring, get building warrant planning approval. That's actually looking positive. We've had it some is. notes back from yeah. building warrant already, Good. so it could be sooner mm -hmm. than that. Mm -hmm. But I think that that's what we've always said is we'll be getting clients into the first floor. Not quite full, but mm -hmm. in a good place. Well, and that, that's where the accountability comes in because I'll be saying, I've got people for these rooms, <laughs> Chris, get, get this finished. So I think, yeah, definitely looking late, late spring for the top floor, wanting to be full by late summer, like totally full. Might be that that is over optimistic or it might be that actually completely transpires that there's a huge amount of demand. You just don't know, um, do you? You don't know. But and, I think, and also what type of demand, which is why phasing it helps you create space that's yeah. tailored to what actually people are looking for. Yeah, and we've got that allowance in with the the building warrant that it can be flexed with to a degree the layout that we've proposed. So we have got some inbuilt flexibility there. So once we've done the ground floor, we'll know how yep. to how to shape the, the top floor. So you're, I mean, we're talking a little bit about bums on seats phase, but you're talking about full occupancy on the ground floor or within reason, you know, there might be a room or two <laughs> yeah. coming and going, but what's your expectation on the ground floor? It's be full, full by spring, shouldn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. ground floor yeah. should be full by spring. Late. Um, February, March. Oh, well, winter still. <laughs> winter still. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, we well see, I think the thing is as well, it's like as of, your, you know, already discovered is that sometimes people's timelines maybe don't line up with that yeah. is that they're planning three months ahead so i'll be including it if they've agreed that they're doing it i'll be happy uh, they might not be in the building 
but uh, certainly agreed by then. Great. Okay. Last last question I've got here for you is anybody that is thinking about um, getting in the swim, really, mm-hmm. right? What what other things you mentioned there about not being too scared? Any other things you would say to to people that think about getting in the swim? I think it's getting the swim. Take the action. Action mm-hmm. breeds more action. It breeds knowledge. Um, you learn if you, for example, see a building that's not necessarily going to tick every box you'll probably learn stuff walking around it yep chatting to the agent you've maybe then got a relationship for when a building that you do like comes up or it might be that that nothing does come from it um but i think definitely just focus on your inputs rather than i want a building it's like okay take a step back what do i need to do what are the actions i need to do to secure a building um and that's probably where Great you should point. focus. Great point. Yeah. yeah, I think for me, it's it's just make sure you're surrounding yourself by a good network of people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's a paid network, which we're obviously part of a couple of them, mm-hmm. or just some accountability with a, a yep. wider yeah. network that you've got. I think that's so so important. So obviously, the, the getting the swim or the, the mastermind that you do is is what's helping mm-hmm. us to surround ourselves by people that when we don't know the answers yes. to the questions, we, we we've got a community yep. of people we can we can ask, and there's lots of different communities out out there. Yeah. So yeah. Definitely get in the swim, surround yourself by a network of of people doing the same or similar things. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. After the CMO's done, mm-hmm. what's next? Two, three, four, or five. <laughs> <laughs> I think what the great thing about this business is and what's opened our mind is actually the scalability of it. And property slow, we always say that, property slow, but we've got our get-together on the 28th of December where we're going to kind of make sure we're refining our five-year goals and refining our next-year yep. goals, and it's definitely going to include multiple CMO projects. And whether that will all be ones that we'll be buying and refurbing and letting from scratch or whether it will be ones that we'll be purchasing that already have some income and, going on. and maybe a couple of a business that are looking to, to, to sell on, um, that's definitely our, our approach going forward with Brightstone yeah. Spaces. Definitely. Yeah. Gents, how do people find out about your progress? Instagram, where are we going? Instagram is the best. Yep. So we've got Brightstone Property, which is our main property yes. page. And uh-huh. then we've also got Brightstone Spaces, which is commercial lettings. For well, for Brightstone Spaces in Falkirk and for mm. the or additional for units as we project. Them. But yeah, Brightstone Property is probably the best place to reach out, connect with us. We're always happy to speak to people, show them around sites. Yeah. If there is anyone that is interested on how we funded through SAS or, or what, what they're looking to do with their funds, then we're happy to speak to them. Absolutely. Fantastic. Thanks, gents. Thanks for joining me. And I look forward to catching up with you in a few months' time. <laughs> Thank you Thank very you. much for having Thanks, us on. Cheers. Cheers.